Hello and welcome to The Kurt Locker, a podcast where we chronologically step through and discuss each film starring Kurt Russell. My name is Andrew Gormley and I am one of your hosts. I am joined on this episode by my co-host. She has a new move for you that's part Smokey Robinson, part Gladys Knight, but all her, Whitney Nelson. You'd be hard-pressed to find a better way to describe me and my moves. <laughs> Hello, Internet. It's Whitney. <laughs> well done. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome for being <laughs> yourself. Yes, correct. Whitney. Yes. How's things? Me. How's things? Things are crazy, yeah. but good. Um, yeah, I went to another state for a week for my job. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just honestly great to have a job after a year and a half of not having a job. But it's a lot of work. Yeah. Are they treating you well? They are treating me very well. Good. It's a I'm good group of people. That's exciting. It's exciting to it try is. to, you know, it can get a little dicey when you, you're first feeling out like what do, I'm starting this new journey. Are these people mm-hmm. cool? Are they going to yes. micromanage me into oblivion? And it's yes. nice when you find out that the answer is They're no. They're cool. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to micromanage me into oblivion. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, but it's also been kicking my butt. Hence a little bit of a break here on the Kurt Locker. It's mostly... 99% Whitney's fault. Hey, look, we want to be accommodating, you know? Yeah. This isn't a, the, the Kurt Locker, as, as many people depend on us to do this, you know, mm-hmm. it is still a, a labor of love. Yes. Yeah, We're not so. going to let you down, but also I got to pay the bills. That's true. So day she job got- comes first, then all of you lovely people who listen to the Kurt Locker. You are second. <laughs> Don't tell close. my fiance or my dog that. <laughs> close second, followed by the fiance and the dog. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. In that order. In that and order. And then the cat is fourth. <laughs> and you can tell her I said that. Yeah. That's fine. Cat's she like, knows. I, cat's like, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm going to get back in the swing of this here. So. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's start off with our contact info, get that out of the way, and then we can um, move into the episode proper. All right. Sounds good. So as always, I like to mention up top, you can find our podcast and all of our other podcasts at 12and24.com. I, we launched a podcast. Speaking of, I was just going to say, <laughs> speaking of all of our podcasts. Yeah. Hours a ago. member of the family. There is. Uh, Eric, current. Uh, multiple time co-host of, of this show and Cool Breeze Over the Mountains and I are doing a Resident Evil rewatch podcast called Rewatch. In retrospect, not a great name for a podcast. It's a visual mm. gag. I went for the mm-hmm. visual pun this time. In an audio medium, you went for the visual <laughs> pun. Yeah. I mean, you got to try, you got to swing. I get it. You I miss get 100% of the shots you don't take, you know? Correct. So that is correct. You can find rewatch. Um, we'll be tweeting out the links to it. It's on our website, 12and24.com. You can find it there. It's literally, it's everywhere already. It was kind of a, we rolled it out. And, and a little then, bit of a stealth launch. Yeah, we rolled it out and, and got it 
in the directories it needed to be in. Today was the last one. Uh, Google, thanks for nothing. Uh, they listed us. So then we just pushed our <laughs> first episode live, and it's great. That will only run for six weeks, seven, seven weeks, because there will only be seven movies uh, for the time being, which is great. For the time being. Our seventh yeah. movie will end with the new one that that launches at the end of November, sometime there. So it'll be, mm -hmm. it's fun timing. Check that out. Uh, about this show, you can email us kurtlockerpod at gmail.com or hit us up at kurtlockerpod on Twitter. As I've mentioned numerous times, we have a Discord. If you check the show notes, check the website, all that stuff, it's 12and24.com slash Discord. Just had somebody join today, Whitney. I don't know if you saw. Just want to make sure I have the name right here. Uh, Tombstone Forever. Tombstone yeah. Forever joined. And uh, first first post was, can't wait for, of course, dot, dot, dot. So I'm assuming Stargate. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, what, I was going to say overboard. <laughs> overboard. Coming up soon. Coming up soon. So thanks for joining. Tombstone Forever. Love the username. Mm -hmm. And the, the icon, your avatar. Oh, yeah. Great. Perfect. Perfect one. And then finally, uh, if you want to support us with just a moment of your time, please share the show with your friends, rate and review us on iTunes. That brings more folks into the fray. I realized again, I'll pull it for next week. We have reviews from other countries, okay? Because we're popular all over the world, apparently. And I, I know that we have at least two or three reviews from the UK, but that doesn't show up by default in the podcast app. Like I have to log into a third-party service <laughs> change the country like it's a whole thing but i will get those and i will thank i'll read those and thank those people properly when it comes to that next week next episode <laughs> whenever <laughs> whitney uh i i would like to if we can i'll read the synopsis if that's okay and then you take uh, the critical reception you want to switch it up how you feeling no, let's let's not change midstream. <laughs> okay, good to know. Let's All right. go. Today, we are talking about the film The Best of Times. Everyone has something in their life they wish they could do over. You dropped the ball. You dropped the ball. I've simply been known as the man who dropped the ball. Jack Dundee Hello. did something so awful. You remember, Reno remembers, the whole goddamn town remembers. Okay, I remember. Oh, I knew it. So humiliating. So unforgivable. Get out. He'll never live it down. Jack, you got no shame at all. His only chance is to live it over. You can't rewrite history. Why not? It's an unnatural act. <gasps> Jack, there is no such thing as an unnatural act. I should know. I've just come up with the big idea. You're going to replay what game? Jack, you can't play that game again. I am throwing down the gauntlet. Ow! We can raise Taft out of lethargy. You think Taft's lethargic? You're damn right it is. Proud of it. A small town loser determines to have one more shot at the big time by winning a football game. Okay. The uh, movie was written by Ron Shelton and directed by Roger Spottiswood. Co-starring mm -hmm. alongside Kurt R., Pamela Reed, Holly Palance, Donald Moffat, Margaret Witten, M. Emmett Walsh, and of course, of course, Robin Williams. Mm -hmm. What is happening here? 
You're telling me there's a movie with Robin Williams and Kurt and Russell? Kurt Russell? That you've never heard about. That I've never heard about. Correct. You gotta let me know what the critics <laughs> and audiences have to say about this, about what has to be a masterpiece. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we have a 31% critical score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 42% audience score. I hate this. I hate this mm. news. This is bad news. Yes. It, I, it gets worse from here. I hate to tell you. <laughs> okay. So critic Paul Atanasio. From yeah. the Washington Post says, what it really resembles more than anything is a teen comedy populated by adults. Ouch. Quick and to the point. Yeah. User Kralik on Rotten Tomatoes gave it four out of five stars and said, why did this movie fail commercially? It's got a sharp script and great performances by Kurt Russell and especially Robin Williams in a brilliant manic nerd turn that's different from any of his other work. A great renter. <laughs> a great renter? Mm-hmm. Fun. A great renter. And, of course, it wouldn't be an episode of The Kurt Locker without a review from listener Claire's mom. Claire's mom writes, This is a movie that doesn't get seen a lot as evidenced by how we couldn't find it. <laughs> but the performances were really fun. And I wish Kurt Russell and Robin Williams could do another movie together as they had very good chemistry. When they were playing in the mud, I was thinking about these football movies. We just never get tired of it. We know it's all impossible. We know it'll be stupid, but we want it to be possible. I think Claire's mom is onto something. I think so. About football movies in general. Mm-hmm. Never been my bag football movies, which may explain... A little bit of how I feel. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Whitney. Mm -hmm. On one of our other podcasts, we reviewed a football movie. It was called The Replacements. Yes, and I found it serviceable at best. Yeah. Okay, great. I just wanted to, that's, you know, and and I believe famously, that that may be the only football movie that I, that I find even kind of remotely watchable because of mm -hmm. the, the, it, it puts comedy and character in the forefront, I think. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious <laughs> as we've, as we've discussed, okay, this is a movie mm -hmm. that stars Kurt Russell and Robin Williams. Yes. This is an open and shut case just from the yes. two leads alone. Yes. All right. So mm -hmm. you got to you got to tell me. Did this movie work for you? No, it did not. <laughs> what happened? What happened? Um, nothing happened. Oh. You're right. I think that's it. Mhm. Mm huh. This movie is an hour longer than it needed to be. Yeah. And I think overall Kurt Russell and Robin Williams both did okay jobs. I don't think either of them necessarily turned in a master performance that would have saved the movie, but I also think that they did fine and did the stuff that we expect from Kurt Russell and Robin Williams. 
Um, and I do think that they had okay chemistry. I just think that the whole premise was nonsense. Yes, 100%. I think wanting to relive your high school football glory or lack thereof um, as an adult is incredibly foolish. And I think that winning a football game to save your marriage is even more incredibly foolish. Yeah. And that's kind of all this movie goes on. I thought I liked both of the wives um, as sort of side character comedy. I think they did a very good job and were quite humorous. I also think that the way that they depicted love and long-term relationships and when you get mad at someone and what is the final straw and how you can't help that you're still attracted to them and like want it to work out even if you don't want it to work out. I think all of that actually rang fairly true even if it was all very silly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they did a good job in depicting how you feel about somebody when you're done but also you're not done. Um, if that part felt very real. Yeah. And the part where Kurt Russell is at the hotel room um, singing close to you through the door and the way that she's reacting and Kurt Russell singing, it was all very charming and that was my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. But overall, I think the premise of this idiotic act of trying to rewrite a past instead of just confronting and dealing with the past and moving on into the future, saving your town and your lives and your relationships is just bunk. (laughs) And there was just not enough there to go off of for a whole movie. No matter how good the performances are, unless there's something a little bit more serious at stake and something that's a little bit less quixotic, I'm not, I'm just not in. And there were amusing moments, but overall, I, I just, I honestly, I've said everything I have to say about this movie already. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Whitney, you might have said everything I have to say about this movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. I'll try. Oh, wait, one more thing. I have one more thing, and this may step on your thing you're about to try. Go for it. But Kurt Russell's fake gut is extraordinarily (laughs) distracting in the beginning of this movie. It's so clearly, like, it's so clearly fake. Yeah. And, you know, when a movie or TV show, when a woman's wearing a pregnancy belly, and it's clear that there's no weight in it and they're not really pregnant and they don't move right and it doesn't look real and it just it was like that only for his man gut but i did very much enjoy the sort of ex-jock car mechanic you know grungy guy whose real like calling in life is painting masterpieces of art onto (laughs) the sides of vans The sort of, I very much bought into Kurt Russell's sort of, um, you know, white trash jock with a sensitive side. I uh, Hook, line, and sinker. I was in on that. I think overall that that sort of like rough around the edges with a heart of gold sort of stereotype for a dude 
Kurt Russell did very well in this movie, and he was very cute. That was, okay. okay, now I'm done. That, now that's everything I had to say. <laughs> now it's your turn. Damn it, you stole my Kurt Russell gut. <laughs> I had a whole diatribe planned. <laughs> oh, just as a passing thing, I agree with that. It was, I'm like, look at this guy. It was That's not very real. Distracting. Look at the yep. rest of this guy. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yep, yep, yep. When you create a character named Reno Hightower. One of the best names of all time. Yes. When you do that, you have my curiosity. Mm -hmm. When you assign that character to Kurt Russell, you have mm -hmm. my attention. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that's what we're talking about here. Yes, it is what we're talking about. This movie should have been the easiest Great. sell in the world. Yeah. But at every chance it had to be good, it went the other way. It kind of went, eh. Or yeah, or it just shrugged. Right. That's. I feel like more than even going the other way into bad, it just everyone was like, "eh, good enough." Eh. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> we got what we got. Let's move on. It is remarkably bland. Yes. It. If it was. If it was a drink, it would be room temperature tap water. It is nothing. It Whoa. is not. It is not refreshing. I did, mm -hmm. I, I did not laugh. I did not feel at all during this film. <laughs> it was, I never related harder to Charles in my life. I did, I did not feel is a hell of a pull quote. Yeah. I, it is so full of what you said, these dopey tropes and mm -hmm. stereotypes about machismo and what mm -hmm. it means to be a man and tying your identity to a sport that I like, it broke my brain. I was like, I can't believe, I cannot believe that anyone agreed to this script. I just can't, I can't. Honestly, the best part about this script is that their rivalry is against Bakersfield. Yeah. Which is a terrible, terrible <laughs> place. <laughs> And anyone who knows anything about Bakersfield, when you're like, this is their rival that's like the big city Equivalent. metropolitan rival to this town. Yeah. And that tells you how shitty this town is. That's funny. That's funny. And that worked for me very well because I grew up in Southern California and Bakersfield is a hellhole. And so when you're comparing a hellhole as the fancy upstart rivals that's a tells you a lot about the town of taft yeah um that worked for me very well but that's only because i'm a californian i don't even know how many non-californians -Cal know what bakersfield is or where it is my only real point of reference for bakersfield was what uh hunter s thompson wrote about it in fear and loathing in las vegas as like this terrible way station that is just a stop between other destinations and it's correct and it's awful so that's my and and in that insofar as that i understood 
And Taft yeah, is a shitty you- place. <laughs> like, <laughs> it is a terrible, terrible town. Uh, if you think about, like, what calls to mind, uh, what gets called to mind when you think about, like, the Grapes of Wrath, as far as, like, Dust Bowl, mm-hmm. that's what Bakersfield is only now, today. today. Yeah. It's like Great Depression Dust Bowl. Yeah. Now in modern times. Hey, I get it. And, and there's lots of oil, Derek's. That was, okay, so there was, uh, I, I'll say that there was, that, that was one of the funny ongoing jokes about Taft that did get me, and it, it the was. The nuclear war thing? Well, not, it's, it's that there were oil derricks everywhere. Like, Mm -hmm. there is a shot of the movie theater, and then in the alleyway next to the movie theater, there is an oil derrick. There's an oil derrick, It is, you know, it was a a gag, but that was pretty funny. Yeah, that's not dissimilar to real life in that neck of the woods. (laughs) But yeah, there's literally oil derricks everywhere you turn in this movie. So I'm going to tell you how I felt watching... I mean, I didn't feel anything, but I'm going to tell you that. You my, are, yeah, you already said you felt nothing. Yeah, you had I had no feelings. I had, I, <laughs> I felt nothing. So <laughs> I, it's the no man's land that this movie falls into is such that it's not funny enough to call it comedy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have enough like relationship development for like a real dramatic punch. Mm-hmm. The comeuppance. At the end, where he like, you know, he bests his father-in-law's team or whatever, I don't care enough. The fact that the whole second half until the last like minute of the game does not have our either of our stars in it made me so mad. Yeah. Why are we watching like 15 minutes of film of people we don't know and don't care about playing football against one another? Why are we watching like... 40 old men play football for no reason when none of our leads are involved. Exactly. And our our non-lead random old men reliving somebody else's high school experience are like the ones that pull the game to tide. Mm. It's Mm. wild. And I'm like, I don't care about any of these people or anything that's happening. And this is the climax of your film. Why are our stars not in the climax of the film? <laughs> most of the movie I was like where's Kurt Russell <laughs> mm-hmm. like even if the 40 minutes of this movie were dedicated to him painting on a van I'm in I'm in for that I would watch that <laughs> they could make a reality I was show very, about that, I probably. was very into him being such a good artist but only doing it on vans right this is what he reserves his art for yeah. it's he his Sistine like, Chapel <laughs> Yeah. So all those things put together, the fact that it's not funny enough to do this, it's not dramatic enough to do that, it really reminded me of like the modern day equivalent. And I I don't mean to disparage what I'm about to compare them to. I'm just trying to put it in a, a slot that fits for me. It's like a movie you might see on Oxygen or Hallmark or Lifetime. Mm-hmm but worse somehow and Mm -hmm. worse in spite of having two juggernaut actors (laughs) like running the show. That's what we're talking about here. In my notes here, I have what sports movies have you seen? 
and I, just off the top of my head without looking anything up, here's what I was able to come up with. And I hope maybe you've seen probably a few of these, I imagine. I saw uh, the replacements was number one. Rocky and Creed, so all those. Million Dollar Baby, mm-hmm. A League of Their Own, Field of Dreams, Moneyball, and Major League. Those are basically the only sports films I've ever seen. And a shocking number of them have to do with baseball now that I'm looking. (laughs) (laughs) Or boxing. It's boxing and baseball. I guess that's all I care about (laughs) in my sports movies. All of them figured this out. This whole, this exact thing of like coming back or, or channeling your comeback through a proxy kind of situation. And I love them. Those movies are all great. So I thought that maybe it was, maybe I just don't like sports movies. That's not true. I like at least these seven or eight sports movies. (laughs) That's that's really all I have to say. I have two call-outs about this movie that I thought were uh, wild. Uh, The first one is that Robin Williams visits a prostitute instead of going to therapy, which I just... I guess that was played for laughs, but I was like, this is just like, I don't know. I don't know. I just felt sad. That's how that Mm -hmm. made me feel. And then I liked Kurt symbolically wearing his white shoes in the second half or the whatever, the last Mm -hmm. quarter or whatever. And they were white for like one and a half seconds. (laughs) Not even. They were already the first shot of his white shoes on the field. He already had mud on them. They were terribly stained with mud. So there's that. I mean, at least that was realistic, though. Yeah. You can't wear white shoes on a muddy field and not have that happen. But also your whole symbolism of white shoes and he's wearing the white shoes for the first time and whatever is slightly marred by the fact that they're not white the first time we see them because there's so much mud. Right. It's not great. It's not great. You know, Whitney, we're going to we're going to see here. We're going to see here. We have someone who'd like to uh, who'd like to join us for a moment. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how this is going to go, but I'm I'm super excited to find out. Let's see. Let's hear what they have to say. <laughs> I pressed the button. Lane train. If you're listening, you can be on the air whenever you want. Hey, guys, there he is. There he is. Lane train. Yeah, <laughs> you too. Um, so I'm, I'm in the store. So I, uh, I wanted to first say I, I, well, I've got a couple of things I got to tell you. Okay. Um, I watch I watch 47 Rowan, and that, <laughs> that was pretty good. I wanted, yeah, I wanted to tell you I watched that movie. But um, anyway, so I watch. You know, I, I, I had to review this movie for, you know, I haven't seen it in a while. And I thought it was a lot like uh, The Replacements. But yeah. the, one th- the one thing that I thought that, I mean, one of the big things that separated both of those movies is um, when you watch The Replacements, there was no one in that movie that you thought that couldn't play football. Everyone was... <laughs> Uh, you know, playing, playing uh-huh. football. Yeah. So I, I'll go. Um, this, uh, this movie, exception for um, Kurt Russell, 
And the whole Bakersfield team, there was no one that could really sell that they could play football. Yes, smart. That's what I. That's what I. That's what I liked about this movie. I mean, you like that um, about this movie? Yeah, I. You know, I mean, it. It was. You know, I thought. You know, it was. (laughs) Guys, you're great. I love. I love. You're bringing a lot to the table. All right. And Whitney, Whitney, and I wanted to put this out there. I agree. I, I, I was, I was stationed with the Navy in Fort Wyoming, California, with the CBs. Bakersfield, mm-hmm. bluntly, is a shithole. Yeah. <laughs> and to say that, this call that place a shithole is an insult to shitholes. All oh right. My God. And I'm being, being nice. All right. There we said it. All right. So we agree. We agree. We're doing that. We, we do agree. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, but you know, I loved how that, you know, Kurt Russell was pretty much like Keanu Reeves and the replacements. Mm-hmm. Hold my beer. I'm going to show you how to be a real quarterback. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I I thought that was good. Kurt Russell sold it really well. Yeah. And, he's the type. He fits. Uh, he fits the profile. And, you know, I, I just love how um, Robin Williams surprised you. I mean, he, I mean, that was, you know, you really, you see Robin Williams, you, you already know he can't play football, but, you know, he's trying. Yeah. Um, but I loved how, uh, you know, they really did. I, and, I'm, you know, I, and that's the first thing I said. It was just like the replacements, just minus that you didn't think anyone minus Kurt Russell could play. Mm-hmm. Um Still, I wouldn't say it's his best movie, but it was it was it it, it was more of a comedic thing than really I would call a, a sports movie. Fair enough. All right, as always, thank you for uh, thank you for uh, for being here and 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 bringing the truth the the way oh. only Lane Train can. The Lane Train truth. Oh, absolutely. I do it for you guys every day and twice on Sunday. <laughs> Thanks so much. There you go. <laughs> you know, I never know. I never, I could, if I get you, it's only a yes or no. It's a 50, 50 shot with every movie. I could never tell you what Lane Train's thinking about any given movie. I could never do it. All I know is he's generally more in favor than I am. Sure. I could go with what you think and then maybe do the opposite. It's like one of those episodes of Seinfeld, <laughs> like George, just do the opposite of your instinct. But not quite, though. It's just generally, I think I think he's just generally more forgiving than I am. Yeah. And that's fine. Hey, I love it. It's uh, great. There's uh, something for I wish for I could be that way. Yeah. I wish I weren't so critical about movies sometimes. I'm like, oh, man, old Buzzkill Nelson's here again. <laughs> Really ruin the party for everyone. Old Buzzkill Nelson. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, I I, I have. Um, I think that's everything. I do want to ask you though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have something. A brief moment of is he hot in this one? You just want to know what movie is he pretty in? That's a heavy burden for me alone to bear. <laughs> Maybe just his character in the last one bugged me enough that I didn't think he was as dreamy. He's very dreamy in this film. 
Is he hot in this one? So Whitney, we've mm-hmm. already discussed at length the mm-hmm. fake gut. Mm-hmm. But on the other side, you have argued that you like that he's an artist and that he has a And theme. I very much liked when he was singing. And the singing part, which mm-hmm. was very charming. Very charming. So in terms of just, you know, putting aside everything else about this movie, mm-hmm. is he hot in this one? Yes, he is. Oh, all right. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I quite fancied him in this one. There you go. Okay. What, uh, was there anything specific? Was it the, he does have kind of a, a quiet charisma in this one, right? You know what I'm saying? Maybe not mm-hmm. so quiet. He was the, he was the quarterback after all, but, uh, in his adult life, yeah, he's no, kind of just a like go I with said, the flow. I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a sucker for how he specifically plays the sort of a rough and tumble guy with a heart of gold who's like really a softy and an artist inside it's an old stereotype and it doesn't always work for me because i feel like it's very cliche but i think that there was an earnestness to kurt russell's portrayal that really really worked for me all right i love that you love to hear that that's great even even with the fake gut that was distracting i thought he was attractive obviously more so without the fake gut that was distracting yeah, as they as they begun their I don't know four weeks of training, that he you know shed shed all of that, which mm-hmm. is nice. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm inclined to agree. Uh, you know, I think uh, a bit of a slob, but uh, a bit of a hoarder. But beyond that, you know, that's you know. Yeah, still, I don't still... I don't mind the hoarder thing because I fight that in myself on a regular basis. Uh, my dad instilled hoarder tendencies in me as a child. Mm-hmm. You got to hang on to it. uh, Yeah. You never know when it's going to be useful. I've spent my whole life throwing out stuff because I'm like, if it's that useful, you'll buy another one. (laughs) Yeah. You know, no, no shame here. I have, I'm standing next to a cabinet in which there are probably seven or eight uh, component video cables. I have Mm -hmm. nothing in this house that even uses that, Mm -hmm. but still I might need them. Who knows? Just in case. Just in case. I buy a TV from 15 years ago. Uh-huh. I have the cables. Yeah. What if you good buy a really beautiful TV from 15 years ago and it doesn't come with cables? How are I'm you going to find one of those cables? It's true. That could be just as expensive as the TV. <laughs> right. They're both antiques. They belong in a museum. This is good. He is hot. Mm-hmm. There we go. We solved it. Definitely rough around the edges. But very hot. And also, this is like peak Kurt Russell hair. When you think of Kurt Russell hair, th- this, this haircut is, is, is what you think of. This and I'm overboard. And Snake Plissken. Yeah. I was going to say this one. Yeah. And the next one, uh, for sure, I think. But but we'll I think this, this era of hair, when you think of Kurt Russell, this is the hair that you think of. And this is what he's channeling now, I you know, it, yeah. as like hot Santa. This is yes. this this era. Yes, it works for me. I didn't know if it would because it is traditionally not a hairstyle that I fancy, but it's working for me. It's got to be the right person, mm-hmm. you know, can't just be anybody throwing on the Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> business the, in the, the front and party of, in the back. Yeah, the, the f- <laughs> feathered mullet. 
doesn't work on just any any Joe. It's a special kind of cut. It's a special kind mm-hmm. of cut. I don't know what he paid his barber, but it wasn't enough. That's all I'll say. All right. I we don't have anything more about this movie, I don't think, right? No. Nope. We're we're, pro- done. we're pretty solid. All right. I'm going to do a capitalism super quick. And then we will get into what I think will be a devastating game of of something fun. But we may lose because I was not paying very much. Like, I was, I I was, was in a also stupor. not paying great attention. <laughs> so this could be this could be it. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Let's talk about Skillshare in the meantime. Skillshare, in case this is your first episode and you haven't heard Whitney and I expertly riff on what this is, it is a place you can go to learn anything you want. Almost. They have rules, but, you know, within reason, you want to learn how to do something in the creative field. You want to learn how to do something to enrich your professional career. You can do all of that on Skillshare. Their top-level categories are create, build, and thrive. So you can create things. You can... Building is a little bit more, uh, what would we say, like esoteric, like, you know, a brand, like doing brand stuff, building Mm -hmm. and then thriving. If you've got the business side down, you want to practice mindfulness or meditation, things like that. That's where Thrive comes in. You could do all that kind of stuff. Do watercolors and Thrive. Mm -hmm. I guess that's also create. doesn't matter. I vouch for this platform as both a student and a teacher. So... This ad is for you if you fall into either camp. You want to learn something or you want to teach something, Skillshare is where to do it. They have currently 38,000 classes, all with great outlines, all with high-quality video content. Everything is vouched for by their team before it goes through. So you're not going to get, like, spammed or asked to subscribe to 700 email lists to get the good information. You have to pass a as a certain minimum of quality to even mm-hmm. get on the platform, which is great. What we have is a free one month trial. At, if you go to 12and24.com slash Skillshare, you can also check the show notes or tap on the artwork for this show right now in your podcast player. It'll just take you there. It's incredible. Technology's amazing. <laughs> after your first month, it's just $15 month to month after that or eight dollars and 25 cents per month if you prepay annually it's like a hundred and change or whatever I, I i i'm not doing math i didn't take the math class on skillshare it doesn't matter <laughs> that's it i use it i think whitney has or intends to use it for her career it's huh? wonderful Both it's a wonderful things thing are true that's it capitalism completed go to skillshare 12 and 24.com skillshare it's great it's wonderful and now and now, oh my, oh my gosh, it is time. I'm so ready for this to take me away. Figure it out, asshole. We're gonna find out who's who. I mean, I'd pick us at a D minus for this kind of thing. Keeping you at a disadvantage is an advantage I intend to keep. Think you can win on talent alone? You don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. I honestly, I don't remember, okay? Ask about horses again, I'll slap you red. <laughs> hey! That was fun! I 
hope it's fun. This is Figure It Out, Asshole. It's our very own quiz show where the host will ask each of us three questions. If we get it wrong, the other participant has a chance to steal, assuming they remember the remaining answer. I don't know if there were any other rules introduced. I don't think there were. Uh, so without further ado, let's introduce our master of ceremonies coming to you live from the void. It's Charles Nolan. Hello, everybody. Hello, Charles. It is good to hear your voices. Likewise. Likewise. You always come booming in. I love it. Yeah, ditto. It's the only way <laughs> that I know how. It's perfect. Never change. Are we ready to figure it out? Oh, I'm ready. We are as ready as we're going to be. <laughs> Wonderful. Let's start off with Whitney. <laughs> In the video montage at the beginning, we see the town changing its name from Moron to Taft. What was the population of Moron at the time of the change? Was it 127, 217, 271, or 712? That's a lot. 712? That is incorrect. Steel. Andrew. I remember that you said 217, so I'm going to say 217. <laughs> that is correct. Yes! Oh, amazing. Amazing. <laughs> they were all twos and ones and sevens. It's very confusing. They were. Question number two goes to Andrew. Okay. How much was Jack's quote-unquote therapy massage session? Was it 50, 55, 60, or 65? I, it, uh, I don't think it was a multiple of 10. I feel like it was something weird. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with 55. That is incorrect. Damn it. Steel? Whitney. I think it was 60. That is correct. Nailed it. Oh, I was $60. dead wrong. $60. She had to call in anything over $50. Got it. That checks out. He was $10 over the limit. <laughs> Remember credit card swipey thing? Those chunk, chunk machines? Mm -hmm. What a day. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Good, it's probably for the best. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Moving on to Whitney. What number does Reno wear on his jersey? Oh. Was it 12, 33, 51, or 86? 51? That is incorrect. Damn it. Uh, I think, I don't know. No, I remember you said 12. <laughs> I'm going with 12. I heard you say damn it and not steal. <laughs> steal. Andrew. 12. That is correct. Yes! You Amazing. Had, you had me spinning for a second. I was, I was Amazing. nervous. Amazing. 
Oh my Andrew, god. You're keeping the void at bay. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Moving on to Andrew. Gigi holds up a brake drum for Reno to identify in their yard when they are having a fight. God. What year was that Studebaker brake drum? Was it 52, 53, 54, or 55? Oh my god. That was the hoarding thing I was referencing. Um, mm -hmm. 53. That is correct. Oh my Amazing. god. Amazing. What is happening? Andrew, you are <laughs> crushing it. I watched this movie like two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, I was nervous. Okay. This is impressive. <laughs> Back up to Whitney. Here we go. Mm -hmm. What is the name of the inn that Jack goes to after being kicked out of his house? Was it the magic hat, the magic act, class act, or top hat? Top hat. That is correct. Nice. Woo. Yeah. I got one. You did it. You now have two. What? Two? That's so many more than I thought I would. <laughs> That's like 200% more. That is 200% more than I thought I had. Yes, correct. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to Andrew. <laughs> What's the name of the bowling alley slash performance venue where Jack interrupts Gigi's performance while dressed as a tiger? Oh my God. Was it Safari Bowling, Jungle Bowling, Gorilla Bowling, or Rainforest Bowling? I don't really... I'm going to go with Jungle Bowling. That is incorrect. Damn it. Steel. Whitney. Safari Bowl. That is correct. Nicely done. Nicely done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. The, All right. The score is currently tied three to three. Look at that. See? Who'd have thought? Coming for you, Andrew. The next question goes to Whitney. All right. Mm -hmm. Which of these names was not part of the offensive line of the team? Oh. Oh, boy. Bam Bam, Dickie LaRue, Bruiser, or Mondo? <laughs> Say the one that's funny. Dicky LaRue. <laughs> that is incorrect. Uh, but it is correct in that it's the funny one. It, it is, is the, fun the funny one. It is very fun to say Dicky LaRue. <laughs> what is happening? Andrew is giggling like a child. <laughs> I'm crying. Oh my god. Now you have to remember one of the other names. I'm gonna you steal. Do. You cannot say Dickie LaRue. <laughs> steal. Andrew. I'm gonna go with Mondo. That is incorrect. God damn it. Mondo. The void gets one. 
Oh. The correct answer was Bruiser. Bruiser. There was bruiser. no Bruiser on the team, but there was a Bam Bam, a Mondo, and most importantly, a <laughs> Dickie LaRue. <laughs> Good one. I love it. Moving on to Andrew. All right. Kirk Cameron plays Kurt Russell's son. Mm -hmm. He would also go on to play Kurt Russell's character in a TV movie adaptation of which Kurt Russell film? Oh, boy. Was I know it this one. The computer wore tennis shoes. The strongest man in the world. Now you see him. Now you don't. Or follow me, boys. Okay, so I only know of of that that one of these was made, and Whitney told me. So Whitney, if I get this, uh, maybe we can split the point. I, mm. I I could be wrong. Is it the computer wore tennis shoes? That is correct. Yeah, <laughs> that is correct. Congratulations. Yeah. Otherwise, I would have never known that any of those things became TV shows. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me just say, the TV show's not great. <laughs> Fun. Love this game. Back up to Whitney. Yes. Who was Atlanta playing against in the football game that Jack kept trying to secretly watch during dinner? Mm-hmm. Was Atlanta playing Kansas City, Minnesota, Los Angeles, or New York? Oh boy, I'm gonna say Minnesota. That is correct. Nicely Woo! done. Yes. Woo. And for the final question in regulation, figure it out, asshole. Andrew. When Jack and Ellie dance in the gross bathroom, <laughs> what shape is the necklace that Ellie is wearing? Mm. Is it a cross, a football, a heart, or a horse? Uh, a horse. That is incorrect. God damn it. Of steel? Whitney. The football? That is incorrect. No! No! It was a heart. I thought it was too easy. That's what it was. I thought that was too easy. Here I am. That's what we in the business call a trick question. <laughs> and what I particularly call a tricky LaRue. <laughs> Note that down, audience. I want that to come back. The score is currently four to four to two. Mm. And we have three questions for our bonus round. Look at that. Mm -hmm. Our bonus round works that questions are not posed to one particular player. Both players get to buzz in, and the first to buzz in gets to guess the answer. So, let's hear our quick buzzer sounds, starting with Whitney. Me. And Andrew. Bzz. And this is what the Voids buzzer sounds like. <laughs> Let's get started. <laughs> Bonus round, question number one. According to Darla, 
How many touchdown passes did Reno throw against Porterville High in 1972? Was it four, five, six, or seven? Andrew. I feel like the number kept increasing throughout the course of the movie. So I'm going to go with the largest one and say seven. The number did keep increasing throughout the movie from different people. However, Darla only mentioned it once and it was not seven. Steel. Whitney. Five. That is incorrect. <gasps> it Uh-oh. was six. Uh-oh. Oh, no. <laughs> what oh, is happening? No. There was an evil laugh. What? <laughs> that must no. have been on your end. That was definitely <laughs> not me. We're going to have to check the, check the, uh, the waveforms. I don't know. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> Bonus round. Question number two. Kurt Russell and Donald Moffat reunited in this film after appearing together in which previous title? Huh. Escape from New York, The Computer Wore Tennis Shoes, The Thing, or Silkwood? What? Me. Whitney. The Thing. That is correct. Whitney got it. Yeah, Whitney got it. Yeah, Whitney got it. <laughs> I just, I think that was Beat It that I was doing right there. <laughs> I don't, I don't it know. was something. <laughs> For potentially the final question of Figure It Out, Asshole. What beer are Jack and Reno drinking after they get kicked out of dinner? Is it Coors Banquet Beer, Budweiser, Pabst Blue Ribbon, or Miller Genuine Draft? I'm trying to think about what the... I can't remember what the can looked like. Just because I... uh, uh, Andrew. I was just going to start talking, break all the rules. Because you were uh, specific about, I think, Coors Banquet beer, that one. That is correct. Yes. (laughs) That's playing playing the metagame. (laughs) It's just not one that comes up. You know what I'm saying? It's just Mm -hmm. not one that comes up. It Often. is surprisingly is in a lot of different movies, oh. especially in the 80s. Well, I was wrong. There you go. I mean, I got the question right, but I was wrong about how often it mm-hmm. appears. Yes. All right. Well, that brings our score to The Void 3. Whitney and Andrew both five. So we have a tiebreaker. What? Question. What? How many ties have we had this season? It's a lot. A good number. Your tiebreaker question will be decided by who is closest to the correct number for the opening weekend in the U.S. and Canada, which was February 2nd, 1986. How much did this movie make? 1.2 million. (laughs) 
That's generous. I don't know about that one. I always go under. This time I decided I would go over. I want to. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with like half half a million dollars. I don't think this movie. I don't think this movie did anything. The correct answer is. Two million four hundred and nineteen thousand <gasps> eight hundred dollars. What? Whitney is the winner. You were meant to be here tonight. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Well done. Feels good, man. Feels <laughs> good. Get the chills when I hear this. It's a great song. Great song. I'm not the dominating force in the Kurt Locker that I was in Cool Breeze Over the Mountain, so I appreciate a win when I get it. Yeah, I mean, you really uh, wiped the floor with Evan and I, and and most other co-hosts for that matter. So that's true. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> Staggering. <laughs> this season has been a lot more even. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, with that, that takes us to Figure It Out, audience. The part of the game where you, listening at home, can play along. Our two questions from last episode were, what news channels, when News Channel 7 is on the bar talking about Malcolm? A neon sign for what beer is visible in the reflection of the TV? The correct answer was Miller High Life. Mm. And then, what's the name of the paper Malcolm is working for at the end of the film? The correct answer was Greeley Tribune. Hmm. Okay. For the questions for this week, if you think you know the answer, you can drop it in the Discord if you are in the Discord, or you can tweet to me at the Nolan T H E N O W L I N. And if you're right, you'll get shouted out on the next episode. Question number one. There's a banner on a tower during the big game that dubs this match the great what? And question number two. What color flower is the Colonel wearing during the game? Those are our questions. Tweet to me. And if you're right, you'll get shouted out on the next episode. Love it. I love it. The audience loves it. It's great. Everybody loves it. Everybody loves it. Charles, I got to say, thanks again for being here. It was a here. good one. It was great. Let's. Uh, you did good. Let's do this again. Let's do this again sometime. Yes, please. I very much enjoy doing this. All right. Well. Have I bid you a good void? I think that's what we uh, we say to each other now. Mm-hmm. Yes, good void to you. <laughs> Soon. Oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> it snuck something treacherous in at the end. <laughs> I don't like this steadily, progressively more treacherous thing. I find it deeply unsettling. Yeah. Oh, he's he's really gone. He didn't have any retort for that at all. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I feel nervous. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to walk us through the plot, which on Wikipedia is approximately three sentences. Yes. Jack Dundee, 
Robin Williams, is a banker obsessed with what he considers the most shameful moment in his life, dropping a perfectly thrown pass in the final seconds of the 1972 high school football game between Taft and their arch-rivals Bakersfield, which ended in a scoreless tie. Mm. Since that game, Jack has found it impossible to forget this event. He works for his father-in-law, the Colonel, Bakersfield's biggest supporter who reminds him of the event almost daily. Thirteen years later, Jack coerces Reno Hightower, played by Kurt Russell, quarterback of the fateful game and now a financially struggling van specialist in debt to Jack's bank, into helping him replay the game. Reno is the greatest quarterback in the history of South Kern County and the only quarterback to wear white shoes. With Reno and Jack together, they convince supporters in both towns to restage the game and in the process revitalizes Taft as well as Reno, his and Reno's marriages. The end. The end indeed. Let's not uh let's not waste any time here, Whitney. Do you recommend this movie? I do not recommend this film. <laughs> Andrew, do you recommend this movie? Let it be said that I do not recommend this movie. Mm -hmm. Is this the worst Robin Williams movie you've ever seen? I believe it is, yes. Is this the worst Kurt Russell movie you've ever seen? No. Okay. I just wanted to make sure, but it, it you feel pretty certain that it's your, the worst Robin Williams movie you've ever seen. I think so. I haven't seen a ton of Robin Williams movies. I mean, I don't love Mrs. Doubtfire, but I'd rather watch Mrs. Doubtfire than this. Yeah, I think about the other things he's done, even if they were more dramatic, like Patch Adams or something like that. Yeah, and Patch I, Adams is not a great movie, but I would rather watch that one again. Yeah, ex yeah, that's kind of where I fall. Jumanji, come on. Come oh, on. Oh, Jumanji's great. Come on, let's go. All right. Birdcage. Oh, the birdcage. Let's go. It's a great movie, actually. Great movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Here's another question for you. I yes. am incredibly curious about this one because we've talked <laughs> we've talked about this scathingly where are yes. you going to put this in your Kurt Russell movie rankings I know it's not going in the 20th spot based on what you just said but is it going it is not right? going in the 20th spot <laughs> it can't, how funny would that be if you put it after a movie you haven't even seen <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I've never seen Super Dad. I'll never watch Super Dad. This is worse than Super Dad. Um, yeah, no, it's not last spot. I'm putting it uh, at number 13. Yeah. Between the Barefoot Executive and Charlie and the Angel. Okay. Uh, number 13. Yeah, okay. I can get behind that. That feels pretty good. Uh. I'm going, um, I messed that up. I'm going uh, a little bit lower than you. I'm going to mm -hmm. put mine at number 16. This is just mm -hmm. barely better than The Fox and the Hound. Ooh, and you really did not like The Fox and the Hound. I was not a fan of that, uh, that movie at all. So mm -hmm. 13 for you, 16 for me. I anticipate this to drop. With this group of movies, as we go on, mm -hmm. there will be no mm -hmm. reckoning for this film. No. So there's that. All right. Let's talk about uh, Brighter Days <laughs> and our next episode, which is a doozy. It is a doozy. 
I'll be walking us through uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Correct. I think we have some guests, plural, for this one. We do have guests, plural, I believe. This one is kind of a big deal for mm-hmm. us, uh, for Kurt. Obviously, mm-hmm. it was. Uh, and it's a it's a classic. It's, it is a classic. It is my fiance's favorite movie of all time, period. Wow, just that's it. All right. That's it. You know, sometimes when you hear a person's favorite movie and you're like, huh. That's not true when I hear that someone's favorite movie is Big Trouble in Little China. I'm like, I get it. Sometimes you're like, that one? That one? Oh, often. I'm like, really? <laughs> That's your favorite movie? Okay. But this one may not be my favorite movie, but I understand it being someone's favorite movie. It is It is a substance unique into itself, like Velveeta or Plutonium. <laughs> It certainly is a whole vibe, as they say, mm-hmm. you know. So, and if that's yes. if your vibe lines up with it, more power to you. It's not. Yes, correct. It's not even my favorite Kurt Russell movie, but I do really. I remember having a great time watching. I very it. much appreciate it when I saw it the first time. Yeah. So that's great. We're uh, we're getting in the big trouble in Little China, very very soon. How soon? I don't know. We'll just have to play that by ear as soon as possible. Soon. Soon, soon. That's how soon. Whenever that is. Yeah. Quite soon. Whitney, thank yes. you for thank taking you. the time. You're you're Andrew, crushing it. You're doing great. Thank you. I do what I can. I'm here. Making it happen. Look, I love doing this. It's a gr- it's great. It's not always great to watch the movies, but it it's always great to do this. That's what yes. I'll say. So that's very yes, that's very rewarding. Uh, if people wanted to keep up with you elsewhere on the internet, if you have time for that, even where might they do that? I'm on Twitter at <laughs> Whitney underscore Nelson, N-E-L-S-E-N. Uh, the last time I tweeted was today to try and get someone from corporate for a company to help me because I was not getting assistance elsewhere. Perfect. So that's the kind of blazing content you can expect from me. You know who you kind of sound like right now? Who? Evan. (laughs) (laughs) I do kind of sound like Evan. That guy. That That guy. guy. Uh, And Whitney Nelson without the underscore N-E-L-S-E-N on Instagram, where I post mostly aminals. It's delightful. I highly recommend the Insta. Very Mm -hmm. quality content over there. Mm Mm-hmm. There was me in a bat scarf sipping frosé the other day. So great. I loved it. That's what if that's your bag, sign up. I don't even do like when I, I scroll on Instagram now, and it's not even. Mm-hmm. I don't even like things anymore. Mm-hmm. It's gotten to it's gotten to the point where it's so passive. Where I, I look, I'm like, that's incredible, love it, and I just keep mm-hmm. going, and I don't mm-hmm. know. And it's almost to the point where I'm not. I'm not even there anymore. It's a lot like watching mm-hmm. this movie, really. Um, or it's like uh, Back to the Future when he has sex with his mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hate it when that happens. <laughs> Same kind of feeling. <laughs> I'm going translucent. What's going on? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm in a weird mood tonight, y'all. Dis- Thanks for bearing with me. Disappearing from all the photos in my own house. What's going on? 
I must be having sex with my mom. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> you can find me uh, at Dark Driving on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Twitter's I'm pretty active over there, so check me out over there. I have a number of other shows that are not even just our shows anymore. I've, I've actually taken up the mantle on a couple other ones, too, that I'll, I'll plug really quickly. Obviously, Rewatch, which we talked about earlier, the Resident Evil podcast. That's 12 and 24, John. That's amazing. Uh, and I'm also guesting, uh, guest hosting on a podcast about uh, The Last of Us, the video game, uh, which I'm sure will parlay mm -hmm. into a mm -hmm. podcast about the show. Uh, that's called mm -hmm. Sundown Promises, which is uh, from the game. Uh, you could find that anywhere you get this. Um, if you like video games, you like to talk about narrative, and you're, you're like me and kind of a Sony fanboy, uh, that might be something worth checking out. It's a chapter at a time, so it's a play along, not unlike what we do here, which is a watch along. So there you go. Fun. If you Fun. ever do one on Until Dawn, let me know. Ooh, that's a good one. That's my favorite video game of all time. It's got Mr. Robot in it. Love that game. It, it does have Mr. Robot in it. He'll, he'll never. I'll never call him by his real name. I loved when Ro Mr. Robot was Freddie Mercury. It was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to press this button. Oh, my gosh. It's good to be back. Thanks We're for done. hanging, Lane Train. Thanks for hanging, We're Claire. We did it. We did it. Thank you all Thanks for, for joining us. Thanks for hanging, Claire's mom. <laughs> Claire's mom, we want to hear what you have to say about Big Trouble. She already sent that. That's fine. <laughs> In the immortal words of Jack Burton, who we'll meet soon. Sit tight, hold the fort, and keep the home fires burning. Mom.